Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host, and this is episode 52. This episode is about something that is very, very near and dear to my heart, and you will find out exactly why as I walk through the episode. But it's about stress and anxiety and all the things that come with that, and that those things cannot break you. Those things do not have the power to break you down, even though it feels like it sometimes, even though it feels like you won't be able to get back up after experiencing a high level or high magnitude of one of those things, maybe through an event or a series of events, they do not break you. They cannot break you. They cannot end you and they cannot keep you down forever. Stress and anxiety, those are things that everybody feels, first of all. Everybody experiences those things, every single person. And the thing is that most people have so much to be fortunate for, so much to be grateful for, so much to appreciate. But because that is their world, the things that they have, the things that they appreciate and are grateful for, are because those things are in their life continuously, they've been in their life typically for an extended period of time, they take them for granted. And when they take things for granted, you don't see how important it is and how fortunate it is that you have those things that a lot of times, not only do you push those things to the side, but you let the feeling of appreciation and gratitude take, you let those, you let all of that be taken over by stress and anxiety and depression. And I know some of that stuff is not something you necessarily have control over. A lot of people don't have control over these things for a whole slew of reasons. There's medical things that happen. There's obviously biological things that happen with depression. I understand depression quite well. It's very, very, very big in my family and my wife's family. So I understand that, but there are often times when people create stress and they create burnout and they create anxiety and they let it take over a certain part of their life. Like they create overwhelm basically, and they let it take over a certain part of their life and they don't, they don't go through good practices and good strategies and daily activities of mindfulness to kind of squash that a little bit and push it down and try to exhaust it from their life so that they can keep a Zen, like a Zen way of, of living. And a lot of times I will encounter someone that I just met or someone that was introduced to me or someone that I knew for a long time even. And I will find out that they are overburdened with stress and anxiety. 
And as I dig deeper, I usually find that they feel like they're so deep, they'll never get out. They feel like they're broken and that they'll never be able to be fixed again. And that the source of the stress or the source of the anxiety or the source of the overwhelm is something that that person has complete control over in reality, but they feel like they don't. They feel like they are imprisoned by that source of stress and anxiety and overwhelm. So I want to tell you a story. So yes, I am a fitness coach and I'm a certified personal trainer and that's a big part of my life. That's what I do. And I'm very passionate about it and I love it. I love helping people. I love love transforming lives. Uh, Fitness coaching is something that I have gotten very good at. It comes very natural to me now at this point after 10 years of being in the fitness space, fitness world and being mentored and, and working with other people and talking to people and watching transformations happen and facilitating transformations for other people. And so I love that. Okay. But there's another thing that I do. I have a small business in addition to that. The business is called Sobam Gear Company. S-O-B-A-M Gear Company. Stands for Strength of Body and Mind, actually. And it's actually a duffel bag company. It's a gym bag company. So I went through a period of time in my life where I was throwing away gym bags from big brands that I was buying at big stores or online. And uh, these are big brands, all the brands you would expect, right? The biggest brands in the world. And I was buying them for 60, 70, $80. And then I would use them for three months and the zippers would break and the straps would break and the pockets would blow out through the bottom because they were made with cheap materials. And what I found was I was just paying a lot of money for a brand. I was paying a lot of money for, you know, a certain logo. So I was throwing away gym bags. It was really pissing me off. So I took my engineering background and my, um, I guess <laughs> entrepreneurial drive or whatever. And I went and I, I created a company and I went and found designers and I designed some stuff myself and I found suppliers overseas and I created a, a gym bag that was built extremely tough. Right, it's just a gym duffel bag. When you look at it, it just looks like a regular duffel bag basically, but it's, it's built extremely tough. It's got like, you know, a bunch of high end features. Anyway, that company took me two years, a year and a half to build. And as I was building that company, as I was getting samples and prototyping and testing things, we experienced in my family, a lot of stressful situations, a lot of stressful situations. And I won't get into each of those, but there were a lot of stressful situations that occurred over the course of 2016 into 2017. So in 2017, I was planning on taking Sobam Gear Company and my first duffel bag that I designed that was finally through the prototype phase, I was going to take that to market. And as I was leading up to the point in time where I was going to take that to market, we had a major event in my household. My wife, who is my easily my, my best friend, she's, she's everything to me. Um, she started experiencing panic attacks for no, what seemed like no rhyme or reason panic attacks. And if you've never experienced a panic attack, if you've never watched a panic attack, watch someone have a panic attack or experienced a true panic attack yourself, then you don't understand the magnitude of what a real panic attack is. A panic attack is is akin to a seizure in terms of how much you lose control of yourself and 
some of the physical things that you feel that I wasn't able to personally feel, but I was able to uh, witness and experience from an outsider's perspective and then get a full download from them later, from my wife later, uh, what, what they experience is increased, like significantly increased heart rate, like significantly increased heart rate, um, a, an extremely high rise in temperature where like it gets to the point where they have to start shedding layers and, uh, loss of control, physical control in a lot of cases. So in this case for my wife, she lost physical control, uh, dizziness, can't stand up, uh, borderline fainting. Actually, there were a couple of cases, a couple of instances where she basically did lose consciousness. Um, lack of ability to communicate and basically takes the person and makes them uh, puts them in a state where they, they can't, they can't interact anymore for a period of time. And the first time we experienced this, it resulted in a nine one one call. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. It was a nine one one call. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and it was really, really tough. We had our son there and he didn't know what was going on. Of course he was five at the time and he, he was totally confused and this led to a night in the hospital and then some recovery and then it all happened again and the second time it happened i wasn't there fortunately one of her coworkers was there was able to help her out get to the hospital again and then this kick started an entire like several month long sequence of visits with psychiatrists visits with psychologists multiple of each of those, by the way, ultimately until this led to a point where those daily visits and those single visits for an hour at a time weren't cutting it. And the types of approaches they were using to, to try and correct the issue and try to try to, I guess, like wean it down into something that was manageable. It just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. All the mindfulness stuff, um, we dabbled with a couple medications, None of that stuff was working. And what ultimately ended up happening was my wife had to be, had to, to go into inpatient care. If you're not familiar with inpatient care, it's where you are. You basically move in to a hospital, right? You're like checked in basically. And you live there for a period of time and they do a deep dive into you and your situation. And they, try to understand what's going on and try to provide a fix, provide a solution. And I want you to understand that during that time, my son still had to go to school. He still needed to be put on the bus, taken off the bus, taken to soccer practice uh, and baseball practice. He was playing two sports at the time, I believe. And he is also now without his mother for a period of time for the first time ever. And so he's totally confused. He doesn't know what's going on. So while that's happening, I'm dealing with my own work. I'm dealing with the bills that are coming in, trying to understand them, trying to understand how we're going to shuffle things around, take care of that. I'm dealing with my company that I've been building that's about to go to a Kickstarter campaign. And if you're not familiar with how those, like how they run and how they operate, 
there are a lot of moving parts to that. You're basically doing PR, you're doing promotion, you're doing interviews, you're doing uh, like podcasts with people. If you want to be successful, you're doing all those things. You're pushing every single day continuously over and over and over again on social media and every outlet that you can find to try and get attention, try to get eyeballs on your campaign. And so I'm, I'm dealing with the build up to that. And at the same time, my best friend, my wife of 16 years at that point, is now in the hospital for stress, anxiety, depression, and panic attacks. And we have no idea where it came from or how it entered our lives. We have, she had no history of that. It was completely out of nowhere. So we were totally confused. We were in the blind. Now, while all this is going on, yes, she's dealing with some horrible stuff, right? She's dealing with all the actual symptoms of the thing that I'm describing, all the panic attacks. And while she's in the hospital, she's having them pretty much every single day. And the psychiatrists and psychologists, they don't know exactly what's going on. So they're doing as much as they can, as fast as they can, but they don't know. They have to perform a test and then wait and see what the results are, see what the data is that they get back. And it takes time, right? So there's a waiting game there too. And both of us in this case, if you can imagine this situation, both of us are stressed out. Now, obviously my wife's going through the physical stuff and dealing with the actual problem. And I am on the outside and I'm trying my hardest to be the, the solid like rock in the relationship, the solid rock in this whole picture that keeps my, it's like anchoring my son down, keeping him grounded, keeping him busy, keeping him in his routine and also like anchoring the household. And then also being the anchor for my wife, knowing that when she is, better that I'll be there to help get everything regulated once again. And while I'm trying to do all of that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of freaking out, right? I'm kind of freaking out. I'm thinking about the business. I'm thinking about the health of my wife. I'm thinking about the health of my son. I'm thinking about all of the little pieces that I need to do as a solo parent and a solo responsible adult, because that's basically what I was doing at the moment. Uh, I need to make sure that I have all the pieces connected. And I realized just how quickly when she was in the hospital, I realized how quickly I realized very quickly just how much she did in the, in the marriage. Like, I mean, she was only in the hospital for about a week, but she was basically out of commission for a month or over a month. And I realized just how much she did. Like it was, it's truly, we truly operate in a 50, 50 marriage legitimately. So for those of you who aren't married, you know, you don't may not even really care about this, but for those of you who are married, you'll, you'll probably be able to resonate a little bit. We operate almost 50, 50, like 50% of the stuff we have to do to keep the house going and keep each other going and keep the bills and all that like squared away it's about 50 50 and I went from 50 to a hundred. Now I've never lived as a single parent, so I don't understand that I've never experienced it. And I have to say that if you are in that situation, man, my heart goes out to you hundred percent because it is real. That is, that is some real stuff. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm in this situation, right? And we're all, we're all stressed out. Tension is high. Overwhelm is high. Burnout is high. And then obviously my wife with the medical issues, the stress, the panic attacks, which leads to full bore depression. And I mean, true, like brain chemical imbalance, depression, not like 
this sarcastic, oh, I feel depressed today because it's raining out. I mean, true depression, true depression. Okay. So another issue added on top of it. And when she got out and she came home, I never, I never really thought that everything would go back to normal ever again. I thought this was going to be the slowest, the most gradual thing. And we just got dealt a, a terrible hand and we were going to have to play that terrible hand. And that was that. And then we'd kind of figure out how to manage it and make it work over time, but it was never going to be the same. Okay. So that's what I was thinking. And in addition to that, I always thought that my tensions, my tension level was always going to stay high as a result. And that my overwhelm level was always going to be high as a result. And that my sensitivity to burnout and overwhelm and stress and anxiety was going to always be high from there on out. And guess what? Here's what happened. This, this all kind of came to a, a climax in like the June timeframe. And over the course of the summer, guess what? I was totally surprised and shocked to find that I was wrong. I was very wrong. I was very wrong. And what I learned that summer was that stress and anxiety and overwhelm and burnout and all of those things that are all mental feelings and emotions, they are all in our head and they are all incapable of breaking you. They are all incapable of breaking you. You do not break from stress. You do not break from anxiety. You do not break from overwhelm or burnout. These are things that are managed. These are things that can be manageable. And this is something that a lot of people don't think about. And ever since then, because I consider that a huge learning point in my life, that was a a massive turnaround for me because I learned at that point that no matter what is going on, no matter how stressful something is, no matter how overwhelming my situation is, or how burnt out I feel as a result of what's going on in my life and a result of how much I've been working or how much I've been focusing on something, no matter what, if I'm grounded, if I anchor myself down and I'm grounded, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but if I, if I do that, I'm okay. I'm not going to break. I can bend a little bit, but I'm never going to break. Stress is never going to break me. And stress is never going to break you and overwhelm is never going to break me and it's never going to break you. Okay. So I'm happy to say that at this point, about 14, 15 months later, my wife has done a complete 180. Okay. From the lowest point from her absolute low last June, June of 2017, May of 2017, right around that time frame, spring, just call it spring 2017 from that point to where we're at now late summer, early fall, 2018, she has done a complete 180. She is, she is not only back to the person that she was before all of that happened, but she's a much more cheerful even now person than she was back then. She's a much brighter person. She brings so much warmth to the room, to the, to the relationship and to, uh, the relationship that she has with our son. And it's just amazing. It's amazing to see that, that turnaround and it's a turnaround that I never saw possible. I never saw it happening. And now that I'm living it, I feel like the luckiest person in the world to have the ability to see that 
that ultimate low point happen and then see it snap back 180 degrees to a complete recovery. And yes, there are some things that are in place now to keep like therapeutic approaches to lifestyle stress and, and overwhelm from getting out of hand. You know, there's, there's meditative things, there's mindful thinking, there's, there's uh, psychologist visits, right? There's stuff like that in our life. Now there's medication, uh, a light dose of medication in our life now. And all of that stuff is, there are things that are there to help the things that are, that are there to be assistance and guides and tools, but, but they are not doing all of the work. They are not doing the work. Right. And I'm specifically saying like doctors and, and psychiatrists and there and psychologists and medication, that's not doing all the work. Those things help a little bit, but it's, it's the person. Okay. It's the person. And what I want to get across is that you have total control over where you want to be, what state you want to be in. Okay. The mind has the ability to drive the person to a state that they want to be in. I believe that a hundred percent. I believe that if my wife threw in the towel and she did not want to recover and she wasn't passionate or adamant about becoming a better version of who she was before all that started, like not only just recovering, but recovering and then some, if she wasn't passionate about that, that she wouldn't do it. It wouldn't be, she wouldn't be where she is today. It wouldn't have happened the way it happened. She would have just given in to the medication and let it do what it does. Hopefully it worked a little bit. Hopefully it didn't, but no, she was dedicated. She was passionate. She practiced for hours and hours and hours and hours how to properly master her thoughts how to properly put mindfulness into her life. Mindful thinking. If you don't know what that is, go check that out for sure. Mindful thinking. It's basically a form of meditation. She put journaling into life. You know how much I love journaling. I talk about journaling and how important that is. She put that into her life. She put reflection into her life, meditative ways of addressing the day into her life. And it completely de-stressed her. It completely de-stressed her to the point where she is now a better version of who she was before all that started. Why am I telling you this story? Why do you care about my wife's history? Maybe you don't, but I want you to take something away from this. Okay, please, because it's totally applicable to fitness. It's totally applicable to whatever your fitness objective it is. Because no matter what program you're following, no matter what your transformational goal is, whether that is to put on 20 pounds of muscle because you're stick thin or you're skinny fat, meaning you're not really like obese, but you're not, you don't have, you're not in good shape. So you have like a belly or whatever. Maybe you don't feel good about yourself because of that. So you want to put on muscle and lose a little bit of body fat, or maybe you are obese. Maybe you're like where I was in 2007 and eight. Maybe you want to lose 60, 70, 80, a hundred pounds of body fat and put on some muscle along the way and be leaned out and be thin and feel good and, and kind of get to that physique or something like maybe that is what you want. No matter what it is though, along that transformational goal, that transformational journey, no matter the magnitude of the transformation, you are going to experience things that are going to test you. You're going to experience stress and anxiety and overwhelm and definitely, definitely without a hundred percent, you will experience burnout. If you are trying a new approach to nutrition, a new approach to working out, maybe you're working with a coach, you are going to experience burnout. 
And burnout sucks. Overwhelm sucks. Stress and anxiety suck. But here's the thing. You are in control over how much of an impact those have on your life. You're in control over how much of an impact those have on your life. And here's the best part. When you do experience those, the best form of medication, the best way to get you through that is to keep focused on the goal and keep fitness the priority. Okay. When you are experiencing overwhelm because you're sick of following the course that you put together. Okay. You're sick of following the blueprint that you put together. Even though, even though you're getting results, you're feeling burnout. You start to question your why you start to question why you're doing that in the first place. Why do you care about losing 80 pounds? It doesn't really matter. None of my friends are down 80 pounds. They're all still obese or whatever. So why me? Why do I care? When you start to think that way, it's real easy to get derailed. It's real easy to throw away the goal. Okay. But the people who are successful keep going and it's important that you stay focused, especially when you feel that way, because even though that period may last a couple days or a week or even a couple weeks, you will snap out of it. And when you snap out of it, which will happen, it will happen. But when you snap out of it, you better have made good decisions along the way, because if you did not, you will be very pissed at yourself. If you don't make good decisions along the way, when you feel burnt out, you'll be very mad at yourself later. So when those things happen, when you feel overwhelmed and when you feel burnt out, it's important that you stay focused to the fitness, you stay focused to the nutrition. And when you do that, you'll just be so much appreciative, so much more appreciative later on. Now, I understand stress and anxiety and overwhelm are going to happen to all of us. So there are things that I want to suggest, things I want to put out as recommendations for ways to keep yourself grounded at all times and prevent as much as possible stress and overwhelm and anxiety from happening. Okay. That way you don't let bad events like what happened to my wife, you don't want to experience those and then have them trickle over into your life so much that it derails everything you're doing. No matter what happens to the people that you love the most around you, you do not want that to affect what you're doing and they're not going to want whatever's going on with them to affect what you're doing either. Okay. Your life is your life. No matter how much you love the people that are closest to you, your life is your life. And it's important that you take care of you because taking care of you is the most selfless thing that you can do for those around you. It's important that you know that. So the things that I always talk about when I'm talking to clients and when I'm training people are, first of all, you repeat what you reward. Okay. You repeat what you reward, meaning whatever you're doing in life, whatever you're doing, if you do something and you reward yourself for being great at it, for being successful at it, if you reward yourself in some way, some small way, you are internally planting a flag, setting the bar, basically setting a minimum. And it's, it's really a positive feedback loop inside of you. When you set that, you start to get excited. Even if you don't necessarily feel it externally, internally, you're getting excited that you just reached something and you rewarded yourself from it. So you earned it, you earned something. And because you earned that thing, you start to feel good. And now you have set that minimum, you've set that bar. And now you're going to continuously try to pursue that same level of success and beat it. Okay. And that's how you, 
create a repetitious way of being successful. A repetitious way of making good decisions is by rewarding yourself because you repeat the things you reward. So you could reward yourself for two weeks of consistent dieting or consistent nutrition or consistent training with something that you love. Like it's fall right now. So maybe it's a pumpkin spice latte or something like that from Starbucks. I know a lot of people love those and or or something like that, right? You can reward yourself with one thing and then you will repeat those those things that you did. You'll repeat that nutrition attention. You'll repeat that training attention because you want to get the reward again. Even if you're not actively thinking about it, your, your mind will be thinking about it in the background. And that's just one example, but you could do anything. So another thing that I like to do is I like to make sure that I'm doing something fun, like outside of fitness, outside of nutrition, outside the stuff, even though I do love those things and I love training and coaching people and I do get a lot of enjoyment out of that. I do like to decouple myself from that and do something fun. I do like to do something fun. That is a grounding technique. I've found that that actually grounds me by taking time away from those, by taking time away from my family, by taking time away. And I'm talking like an hour, right? (laughs) It's not a significant portion of time, but taking time away from those things and just having me time for a short period of time doing something fun that completely rejuvenates me sometimes in ways that nothing else can. So for me, I'm a musician. So when I can, I play the drums, I play the guitar, I play the bass. And when I can just completely disconnect from everything else in the world and play my drums, put on the metronome and play to some kind of high speed beat or whatever it is, or the guitar, do the same thing. Just put on my metronome, set it to 160 beats per minute and just go. I, it, it rejuvenates me in a way that nothing else does, right? It rejuvenates me in a way that working out does not spending time with my family does not playing hockey does not. Although that's another one of my grounding anchors that I love. I love playing hockey. Um, those things are just, they're extremely medicinal and they de-stress me. They de-stress me. Any stress that is building up, any anxiety that is building up gets removed as a result of that. Now, fitness will do a great job of keeping you de-stressed anyway, and eating clean and being nutritious will, will keep you de-stressed anyway, but there are still things that are going to happen where you need to take that extra step sometimes. Okay. So it's important that you do something fun every now and again. It's important that you introduce that to your life and make that something that's somewhat patternized or somewhat rhythmic through your life. Like maybe once a week or once every couple of days or something like that. And I can't stress that enough. I can't stress that enough. It is so critically important that you do that grounding techniques, whatever they are, everyone's different. And if you're not already, then I of course would recommend that you do all the things that I always talk about, like journaling, journal every morning, just the things that you intend on doing that day, the goals that you have that you're working towards short term and long term. What are the things that you're looking at three months from now? What are the things that you're looking at two years from now? And then what are you doing today to get you there? Like all the, maybe I'll do a dedicated podcast episode to that or something, but that's something that I'm huge on. And that's a grounding technique. That is something that brings me back when I start to drift. Sometimes it's because I realize something happened and I didn't get to journal yesterday. So I didn't get to reflect. I didn't get to go through that. And, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't stress that enough either. So if you're not doing something fun, you're not, and you're not journaling, you're not taking you time to think about what you are doing and what you are trying to achieve, 
that is something to bring into your life. And then, of course, I always talk about the five core values. If you haven't heard these, I haven't done a, a dedicated episode on this, so I will soon. But the five core values that everybody, I believe, should embrace. And if you do embrace these and you live and operate by these core values, not only will it help you de-stress and prevent stress and de-anxiety, if that's a word, and prevent anxiety and prevent overwhelm and prevent burnout, but it'll make you so much more successful. It will make it literally impossible for you to be to, to fail, for you to not reach your objectives. Uh, in, in fitness and, and even in life, really. So those five core values, again, I'll do another, I'll do a full episode on these sometime, but the five core values are one, responsibility, taking responsibility for everything that happens to you, literally everything. Two, intensity and energy, bringing intensity and energy to everything you do. Everything you do, bring intensity and energy. Number three, having a giving mentality, giving back, helping people, encouraging people, lifting people up as much as possible. Number four, taking action, action taking. If you're not taking action, then you're just analyzing, you're just digesting, you're just thinking, you're just contemplating, and nothing will ever get done. And then number five is commitment. Commitment. If you're not committed and you're just kind of wishy-washy in and out a little bit here and there, not really fully all in, then you'll never actually be successful. doesn't matter. You could be short-term successful, but you'll never be long-term successful. So those are the five core values. Everybody needs to embrace those. If you're not embracing those five core values, if you're not living and operating by those five core values, your chances of success and then your chances of sustaining that at success are a lot lower, a lot lower, like tremendously lower, like basically not possible. It's not entirely possible to stay successful if you're not embracing those five core values. And if you do embrace those five core values, your likelihood of failure gets less and less and less and less and less to the point where it's basically zero. And the longer that you practice those, that probability goes down. Okay, so if you can imagine a, like a curve on a graph, like the longer you practice it, your chances of failure go down. And there is a point where you embrace them so much that you live and operate by those five core values without even thinking about it. It's totally subconscious. And when that happens, guess what? Your chances of failure are zero. Your chances of failure are zero. There is a point where you you end up where it's just it's not even a question of is it possible or maybe, or potentially or hopefully all that goes out the window and it's just, yes, it's just definitely, it's just must. It's like, it just becomes a thing that is reality. And that's that it may not be reality today, but it'll be reality in the future. And I know it will because I will make it happen because I operate this way based on these five core values. And those things will also contribute to a lot lower stress, a lot lower anxiety, and a significantly lower level of burnout and overwhelm. So I can't stress those enough. Those are so critically important and will help you in so many ways in your life, including your fitness transformation and achieving your fitness goals. So that is going to do it for this episode, guys. I hope you got something out of this. There's a lot here. I don't really open up about these things very often. So I hope that you got something out of it and that it, it 
it resonated with you in some way. So uh, thank you guys so much for everything. If you did get value out of listening to this, please share it with somebody. And if you haven't already, go subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. That would mean everything to me. And with that, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. I love you. And don't forget to train with purpose. Take care.